Hello, everybody. My name is Michael Burks, and welcome to the podcast, Dreams to Currency. Dreams to Currency is a podcast that's going to highlight everyday individuals like you and myself that have taken their passions and monetized them. From here, we're going to hear these individual stories, how they've impacted their communities, and more importantly, how they overcame their failures. I hope this podcast becomes something that you incorporate into your everyday lives and that you will get advice every time you hit play. So please subscribe and share. Dreams to Currency will be available on all platforms. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Here we go. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, welcome to Dreams to Currency. I am your host, Michael Burtz. Today, we have a night of goats. I'm gonna do a drum roll. I have the Jonathan Staller Esquire, and he's one of my professional goats. And I say it's a night of goats because Tom Brady, the goat, is also playing tonight as well. I just wanna put that on the record early. But uh, Jay, how you doing today? I'm great. Uh, I don't know how good I'll be after you set that high bar for your listeners, but uh, always a pleasure to talk with you, man. You've been uh, you've been a great person that I've added to my network here in sports and law. So, you know, I'm happy to get get going and let's chop it up. Let's talk some nil. Hey, awesome! That's a way to set the stage. Well, uh, I just want to go ahead and massage your resume a little bit more for our listeners. Um, Jonathan is a founder of Staller Sports Group. He is, for me, a sports law guru. That's why tonight I wanted to have you on the show and discuss all things NIL. And like I mentioned before, he is also a professional mentor of mine as well. Um, but go ahead and tell the listeners uh, a, few, a few short spills about yourself, Jonathan. Go, who is Jonathan Staller? Sure. Um... Born and raised in Harrisburg, PA, uh, went to Syracuse undergrad, was a sport management major there and a law minor. Always knew I wanted to be in sports and, you know, on the representation side of thing, on the player side, whether that was, a you know, as an agent and or an attorney. Uh, went straight to law school after getting great experience, uh, both on and off campus, working at, you know, an agency, a top NFL agency for our required internship. And then went straight to law school out in San Diego at Thomas Jefferson which has a great sports law program. Part of the reason why I went there was for that and also because of the weather, it wasn't too bad. Uh, and then got great experience there, man, just working at different firms and agencies and mostly in sports and entertainment. Also got some good experience outside of that, which is important. I definitely, you know, I know we've talked about that too, getting experience in other areas of law. Uh, but SAG after was really the best experience working at the Actors Union. I, and I feel helped get me my first job out of law school which was with an agency, a sports agency, primarily in basketball, which is my, my favorite sport where I had the most, you know, kind of experience. And I know that's where we kind of got to know each other and, and, and mesh, which was uh, important, man. Um, but yeah, so that was a good experience um, right out of the gate, got certified with the MBPA. Um, there were some things that happened with the agency where it dissolved very quickly after I had joined. Uh, within a year. So for a while, I was on my own as an agent uh, while working then at that point for boutique law firms here in Miami. 
uh, doing sports and or entertainment uh, and was doing that really for the last five, five or six years now, I think five. Um, and then still did the agency thing for a little bit on my own uh, before I let the agency uh, license lapse. And then now I work with a lot of agents like yourself, uh, but also other agents across the country who I've maintained contacts with have clients who are agents. So um, that's me in a nutshell, man. Um, just really trying to learn along the way. There's a reason why, as you know, we call it the practice of law. We're always learning and practicing on the job. So especially mixing the, the sports and entertainment industry, it's, it's wild and it's always changing, just like NIL is always changing. So um, yeah, man, it's been a fun journey and I'm happy to see it through. No, that's excellent. That's excellent. I'm, I'm really glad you got to sort of um, explain to everybody your trajectory. Obviously, we, we see, quite frankly, that you've had, you know, some, some ups and downs, some highs and some lows, but you've always been consistent. So kudos to you. I'm happy to see you. I appreciate that. Man. Yeah. Um, but first question, the title of my podcast is Dreams to Currency because I wanted to let this be a space where, you know, any listener that tuned in could see that, you know, everyone who's a guest on here is pretty much doing what they love and quite frankly, making money off of it. Um, would you say that's sort of the space you're at right now in your career? Is this so, something that you that you always envisioned yourself doing after, you know, um, getting your degrees? Yeah, no, good question. Um, yes and no. Uh, definitely yes in the sense of where I'm at now, you know, managing my own firm, specializing in the areas of law that I am most, most passionate about and also have the most experience and knowledge in. Um, no, in the sense of a, the road getting there, which, you know, we always say, or a lot of people like to say, it's, all, it's about the journey as opposed to the destination. And a lot of times it isn't how you plan it, you know, like moving across the country a bunch of times and know having that agency dissolve within a year of me moving across the country and then having to look for you know look for a job um it's it definitely was a, a roller coaster to say the least but um i'm happy and and content with you know what i'm doing which as you know a lot of us that come out of law school where a lot of people are not doing you know the area of law or you know industry that they really want to work in just because of student loan debt, which is a whole nother topic we could go into a whole nother <laughs> podcast on. Uh, That's but free just, game, you know, right? Having, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but just, you know, that coupled with the economy and, and, and jobs available, a lot of us are, you know, law school graduates are forced to take jobs in firms or areas that you don't necessarily want to be in, right? Which is why there's such a high burnout rate in law. So, um, and addiction rate as well. So I'm happy and definitely grateful and so appreciative of the fact that I'm doing what I actually love to do and and obviously the goal is to continue to monetize and maximize you know the brand so yeah man awesome and brand keyword I like that I think that would be definitely something we should segue into now that you threw that buzzword out brand set that up for you <laughs> I caught the love I appreciate the assist but I think brands have been popping up uh, quite everywhere um, now that we're in this new frontier um, called NIL, which is a uh, name, image, and likeness rights for anyone who wants to do some individual reading um, to get more familiar on the, back, uh, the topic. But in short, uh, 
obviously we don't want to charge, I, I didn't charge a billable rate just yet, but could you tell the public <laughs> what is NIL? Uh, Mike, you know you get that friends and family discount, man. You know that. I got All you. love, baby. All love. <laughs> no, this is a free consultation. Uh, all joking aside, yeah, the NIL, man, has been has been really at the forefront in, especially in the legal sector and then the courts, really in the last probably ten years or so. And Ed O'Bannon was like the, the real leader behind that. Ed O'Bannon, for those who don't know, was a was an All-American basketball player at UCLA. I believe he had also a, a nice pro career. I don't know how much of it was NBA and or overseas, but he really got behind and was the the party plaintiff in a huge class action against EA Sports, which everyone who's, who's a video game fan knows they made NBA Live and they make Mad and all the big, most popular sports games. So he led a lawsuit against them and against the NCAA, among other entities that were basically profiting off of the names, images, and likenesses of these athletes with them not seeing a dime. And I mean, this has been going on for, for years, decades where, you know, athletes, you know this better than anybody as a former college athlete, you guys are treated essentially like indentured servants by the amount of money and value that you bring to the university and then the lack of return and value that you're seeing, you know, and in any form of compensation for it. So Ed O'Bannon really kind of led that charge of, of in the name, image, and likeness area specifically of saying, hey, you guys are making video games, you're selling jerseys and t-shirts in our bookstores on campus, and we're not seeing any piece of that. That just isn't right. Any other, any other person, any other college student can go on TikTok or Instagram, have a huge following, and then all of a sudden have advertisers come into them and make money off of their name, image, and likeness. So why shouldn't student athletes? So Ed O'Bannon definitely and his legal team saw the light even before TikTok was TikTok. So there were huge settlements that won. You can certainly Google it uh, to find out there were huge payouts and the tens of millions of dollars from EA Sports and from the NCAA. So that really kind of led the charge and, and kind of got states like California and Florida to kind of start a couple of years ago. Hey, we're going to have our own states schools in, that, that are here, you can profit off your name, image, and likeness if you go to school here. And that kind of set the ball rolling with and the NCAA kind of woke up and said, hey, we need to actually address this as opposed to, you know, turn a blind eye as they've done for decades. Mm. Turn a blind eye they have. Yeah, it's, those four years, like you said, myself being a student athlete, I learned a lot. I learned about the business fairly quickly. Um, I actually have a testimonial, man. My my uh, roommate was pretty much the star on our team as a freshman, man. And he would go, we would go into Walmart together and he would see his jersey everywhere, 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 everywhere. And he was like, wow, like, you know, it's crazy that, you know, all of the people in the community could buy it and I don't see anything. So that that's that hits very close hey, to home, man. You hit the nail on the head and you said too that, you know, that you saw the business of it. Think of how ironic that is because those at the NCAA and those arguing for the status quo are saying, oh, we can't pay student athletes. We can't treat them like professionals because it's gotta be amateurism, amateurism, amateurism. Yet you're right. It's a business that everyone else is profiting on <laughs> except the people who are actually making the money. So um, you hit the nail on the head, my man. Yes, sir. So I think obviously, Again, we, we're exchanging great dialogue right now, and I hope our listeners 
are really tuning in. Um, for those who wanna participate in NIL, um, and I'm mainly speci specifically um, wanting to speak for those listeners who are student athletes, you know, what would be some basic steps, you know, for anyone in terms of wanting to enter into this new frontier that they should take? No, great question that just having talked to people across the country at various campuses, you know, it's just, it's so much like my wife's going to laugh as she hears me say this because I've said it numerous times on the phone. It is the wild, wild west right now with NIL because every school, let alone every state is different. There is no universal sort of federal legislation, if you want to call it that. So because there is uh, not a you know, steady streamline of, of good information coming across from one source, I would say that student athletes that are looking to profit off their NIL definitely seek out an attorney or an athlete agent who's licensed and, and you know, provides proof that they're licensed in that state uh, where you are, where the student is, not where the agent is, um, and work with them to get a company set up. Uh, you definitely want to set up an LLC, which is a limited liability company that's going to protect you from personal liability. God forbid you have legal action against you. It's also going to help reduce your tax liability because you now that the great thing is student athletes can make money, right? But what comes with that is you got to pay Uncle Sam. So a lot of these student athletes may not have filed their taxes yet because they haven't been earning a, a, a legitimate income to report. So now that they're going to, you know, start earning any income, and that also includes goods. If, if players are getting paid in, in goods like apparel or anything like that, gear, some of that can be reported as taxable. So to, to, kind of get ready for all of that preparation. The first step, set up a company, set up a limited liability company. Then you want to buy your domain. If you have a name or a nickname or a slogan that, that, that is associated with you, it's a nominal fee and it's going to be worth it. If, you know, the goal is obviously every student athlete wants to be pro, right? And they want to be a star, but you know, as well as I do that maybe 1% of student athletes across the country are actually going to go pro. Regardless, you as we've seen through social media, people can have a presence on or off the field, especially through TikTok and Instagram, like I said before. So it's important to buy that domain because you may want it down the road, especially if you do build your brand, whether you're a professional on the field or not. Um, so that's step one, step two. Step three, I would consider when it comes to trademarks and copyrights, you know, registering those, you know, trademarks, think slogans or models or, or a logo, copyrights or you know, your, your actual video that you're putting up, like a TikTok dance, if it's an original, you know, piece of work or a song, something like that, you want to register those things because what's happening that Mike, that I'm seeing, and I saw it in one major contract that was like every player on the football team took, got the deal, right? With this marketing company is a lot of these deals, these players are signing away their NIL rights in perpetuity. And what that means is these athletes, after the contract is done, because they're signing away their rights in perpetuity to this company, they can go back and use past videos that you've made for them during the term of the contract, you know, use a promo that you recorded for them or anything that you may post on social media and use that in the future as many times as they want. And they don't have to give you a dime because you signed away the rights in perpetuity. So having 
having in place your copyrights and your trademarks registered and, and owning it, you know, and applying for it through your newly formed LLC means you're always going to own those rights. And, and anytime that they're going to want to use anything that involves a trademark slogan or a logo that's associated with you and your brand or a, a song or a video that you may have recorded that's an original piece of work, they have to compensate you for that. Otherwise, that's infringement. So I know I threw a lot of information out there, but those those are kind of the basic steps that I would kind of start with 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 before you even enter into any of these deals. Because the point of the LLC also, besides what I've talked about, is you want to enter into these deals as the LLC, not as you as the individual student athlete. Why? It goes back to shielding you from the personal liability. So that's it in a nutshell, man. No, that was great. Bill, you 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 hit two major points and I hope everyone caught that and, and I'm a we're gonna lay it out um to spoon feed everybody. You know, you build a brand using the social media platform. So TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, etc. But you also have to do your due diligence where you come in, the GOAT, by protecting the brand, trademark, copyright, owning your domain, all of that good stuff. Form your LLC and paying your Uncle Sam your taxes. Exactly. Yeah. No, you're again, you're setting the bar high with the with the with the GOAT thing. I love it, but <laughs> I feel like I'm letting your listeners down, but no, you're right. The the taxes is the one other element is setting, setting yourself up with, you know, not only going and finding out an attorney or an agent you can trust to help guide you through this, but finding a good accountant too, because, you know, most of most people, especially I know when I was a, you know, a college student, I didn't know how to file my taxes. And, you know, when you have the LLC formed, what, what also what's another good thing you can run expenses through that which can be deducted for taxes which will reduce how much taxes you're going to pay so those are all things that an accountant will be able to help you up with once you know a student athletes actually start seeing money come in from their nil deals awesome and i'm a person i always like hearing the good but i definitely want to know the bad so we're going to talk about the flip side of the coin of the nil what are some pitfalls you've been seeing, you know, college athletes um, fall into? I, you touched in one briefly about deals that are in perpetuity, but what are mm -hmm. some other things you may have seen or, or not at all? Or, sure. or layer, let's layer it even more. What are some things they should avoid rather? Yeah, no, that's, that's a good question. You're full of good questions, my man. <laughs> uh, you've done this before, haven't you? <laughs> uh, Maybe in my past. Yeah, <laughs> the imperpetuity issue is 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 legit and I, that's i, I want to stress that again because that's a that's a big point where athletes are going to lose out on potential future revenues that's why just as a rule of thumb for my clients whether it's in sports or entertainment you know if they're doing acting if they're providing acting services i always make sure any sort of name image likeness biography photo anything that they are using for let's say they're doing it for the film or they're doing it because it's a it's part of a marketing deal for a student athlete. Either way, I always make sure it must be approved. So, and that means too, not only for the term of the contract, but if they want to use something that they've used in the past, they have to come back to the client, which means that, hey, we need to negotiate a new contract, which means I'm going to get compensated if you're going to continue to use it beyond the original term. So I want to stress that one more time. Other things that I've seen, uh, Mike, is is an issue of like disclosure. So what I mean by that is it's unclear. Again, it'll vary based on if your school has a policy in place or if your state does, but it's unclear state to state and school to school of how much each student athlete is having to disclose to their schools about the deals. 
And what comes of that, where I see a lot of legal issues down the road and, and litigation next year and beyond is companies that are doing the deal with a student athlete and too much confidential information that they deem as confidential is being divulged to the university, which may jeopardize their leverage to negotiate with another student athlete. So, you know, sometimes these, these, these contracts will have very, very strict confidentiality clauses, right? Besides non-disparagement, things like that, but confidentiality, meaning unless you are required by law or a court order to, you know, divulge this, you know, the information and terms and conditions included in this agreement, you, you know, you can't do it. Otherwise, it's a breach of the agreement. I'm summarizing, but that's a confidentiality clause in a nutshell. So what I've heard from people in different compliances offices across the country is some schools are asking too much information and angering these brands like, hey, you guys are divulging too much information. You don't need to know that. All you need to know is that we entered into this deal for you know, X and, and he's going to do Y and that's it. And then you have other schools that are, you know, not asking too much because they're afraid to, to dig too much and have an issue with that brand. So they're also not asking enough information from the student athletes. So that's an issue I'm seeing that could hope, hopefully it doesn't, but I could see, you know, mesh into something where there's going to be a lot of litigation from brands saying, hey, you know, whether it's they're suing the school or it certainly would be a bad look if they're going to sue the, the athlete. That's not going to be good for their brand. But I could see litigation stemming from that where, you know, too much disclosure of, of the terms that are going to affect the negotiations for future deals. So that and the imperpetuity are the two biggest issues that I see right now. But there's, like I said, wild, wild west. There's still plenty of issues to, to come it is. That it is. I'm, I'm actually, and I don't know if you are, maybe that'll be my next question. Well, that is my next question. Are you a proponent of federal legislation? I think, you know, will that, you know, sort of, sort of curb the anxiety or what do mm -hmm. you believe? I think that uh, there needs to be some sort of universal legislation. I don't know if it needs to be federal because clearly Congress has enough on their hands to deal with with this pandemic still ongoing um, and many other issues that are that are just going to take precedent, unfortunately. But uh, there certainly hasn't been a shortage of different senators and U.S. reps proposing their own, you know, versions of NIL legislation. And most of them, other than Marco Rubio's, have gotten a lot of, you know, I don't want to say universal, but a lot of praise from across the country on both sides of the aisle. Because unfortunately, when Congress gets involved, it does become political. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen in, in the next you know, within the next year. So by, by next July, once this has been a full year, I don't know if that'll happen. Um, but I do think there needs to be some sort of universal legislation. The NCAA is clearly hoping that Congress will bail them out. Um, you know, that's the frustrating thing for me. And I'm not even a former student athlete, so I can imagine how you feel. Because what bothers me is that the NCAA will, out of one quarter of their mouth, say, hey, you know, we finally see the light where we came up with their, you know, they called it a final recommendations and proposal for NIL changes they were going to make. But then they also had these guardrails in place, which got a lot of people gave them a lot of backlash on. And they eventually had put it forth this very basic, which anyone could find it online, very basic interim policy, you know, basically saying that student athletes can, can enter into these deals. They're related to education. Um, but basically look to your school or state for whatever rules to follow. Um, so they're definitely waiting to get bailed out. So they're saying the right things out of one corner of their mouth, right? Hey, we're behind this NIL. Yeah, we're for it. 
than the other corner of their mouth, they're still paying millions of dollars in legal fees and court costs to fight it in the courts to try to limit giving any sort of money to student athletes. So I don't think they're going to step up in the way that the, you know, we're seeing a lot of conference realignments uh, throughout the country. I think that more power is being taken away from the NCAA and a smart move by them would to be, you know, scrap all their archaic and unconscionable rules and regulations and put forth a forward thinking progressive with technology in mind, you know, NIL legislation that everybody could follow. And then that would be a great PR move for them. Uh, Certainly would maybe keep, keep some of the power that's clearly, you know, going away from them and going to the conferences, the power five. Um, Will that happen next year? I don't know, but uh, time will tell. Time will tell, man. Hey, seems like they got a lot of time on their hands. It took them this long (laughs) to finally wake up. So yeah, I hear you. You're right. I mean, I, I think it should be a free market system. I, I, you know, Jay Billis is a huge proponent of that. He's been talking about that for years. Just like, you know, I said it earlier, if any other college student on campus can make money off their social media presence, why can't a college student, a college athlete, as long as they're in good standing, you know, they're academically eligible. Why put more, any more restrictions on them? It's, it's, we're in 2021. It's, you know, it's, it's time to kind of evolve with the times. The NCAA, I know, was created over 100 years ago, but some of those some of those rules feel like they're still 100 years ago. So <laughs> that would be a great move by them if they made a sort of free market system. I think we're both, you know, not naive to think that that's not going to happen tomorrow, but maybe five years from now, we'll see. No, nah, definitely. Thank you for that that insight. Like I said, it, it's a, we we're seeing a lot of movement going on. If you're really paying attention to this space, it's been incredible. Um, where could, you know, potentially if someone wanted to connect with you and maybe learn more about, you know, your thoughts on this, on this, um, NIL. I appreciate that. Uh, email jmstaller uh, three at gmail.com. Uh, I try to have a presence on Twitter and, and, and Instagram, more so Twitter and LinkedIn. So JSESQ3, you can find me on there. I try to, you know, you know this, we usually share our sharing what's going on in sports and entertainment law, uh, you know, and especially with the, the fix on NBA. We both love our NBA. Uh, InstallerSELaw.com is my website. So um, yeah, man, I, I love connecting and building my network, especially with people like-minded who are, you know, just trying to trying to make sense of all this, all this craziness of uh, sports law and NIL in particular. Indeed, indeed. Now, it, it's it's definitely going to be something to keep your thumb on. Um, I think now I want to definitely, you know, tra- transfer from, you know, Jonathan, the eternity, Jonathan, the NIL guru, Jonathan, the professor you know, let's go to Jonathan, the person, where does your confidence come from, Jay? What would you say, you know, uh, you get this, you've all, to me, the short time I've known you, you've, you've had a special aura to you. Um, where do you get your confidence from? I appreciate that, man. Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's funny because you, yeah, we've known each other for a short amount of time. Those who've known me a long time know I, I, I definitely wasn't always the most confident. You know, like all of us, we went through that, that awkward stage, especially going, you know, those, those middle school years and, and uh, you know what I mean? Braces, I was chubbier, I had glasses and you know, still playing sports, still doing my thing. But, 
uh, you know, I think uh, once I kind of realized, hey, I, I need to start taking better care of myself, and I got a little, you know, was going into high school and and was like, hey, I want to get a little more serious about sports, and all of a sudden you start getting a little more serious about girls and start to realize, hey, I better start taking care of myself. And that'll do it to you. Honestly, that's you know, right? It, it, it will. So um hey behind every great man is a better woman so mm. uh I knew that at, at at that age so um but but all joking aside I definitely you know I feel like at that point when I started to get get a little bit better shape and was more confident at playing sports because I was in better shape and then just you know I've always had a, a kind of calm laid back kind of you know try to be the not the class clown but be you know try to make people laugh I always try to make people feel comfortable I always uh my wife knows I like to talk a lot, but she, you know, she'll say I envy that you can talk to anybody. And, you know, I try to make people feel comfortable because nobody likes to feel awkward and uncomfortable. We've all been in those situations. So I always try to diffuse those situations as best I can and as best I know how. So um, that's a talent yeah. in itself. You're a man of many talents. That's a talent. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Well, I tried to keep this question for you. I wanted to save it. So it may curve you. It may not. It's not nothing, you know, out of this world. But I know okay. you're a huge sports guy just like me. LeBron or Jordan? Jordan, who's your, who's your GOAT? Uh, the ultimate question. <laughs> if, if you know, uh, I've actually been asked the same question on another pod. Uh, funny, funny enough. I love LeBron. LeBron is in my top five um, and, and probably like in my, in my starting five, if I'm building the ultimate team and it wasn't, I didn't always love him. I, I definitely, you know, was a hater initially, especially when he went to Miami. Now I'm a huge Miami Heat fan being, you know, it being my local team, but I was one of those who hated the big three, didn't want to see them win. And uh, cause I'm a big Carmelo fan. So as you, as you can imagine, I was, I was riding for the Knicks at the time. Uh, but, all of that aside, and, and I respect and love LeBron, especially off the court of, of what he's built uh, just within in, in this, the, the community of, of Ohio and, and the school and everything that he's done off the court is, is incredible. And, and that doesn't get talked about enough. Having said that, Jordan is my GOAT. Um, I think Jordan kind of laid the foundation for LeBron. Um, you know, there's no denying that he is chasing Jordan, even though my, you know, I think you and I would agree. He's probably more akin to magic, just his game, but um, he, Jordan laid the foundation of how to, obviously no one was going to match his greatness on the court, at least in my opinion, but also how to run a business and a brand to bring it all back full circle off the court, just with his deals with Nike and McDonald's and Gatorade, just those the big three on where he took that and how that led to so many more athletes. Shaq being one of them who was, you know, a marketing genius who who pays a lot of credit to to MJ and how he he saw what he was doing and realized he could do it too. So obviously his impact off the court meant so much. And and I'm sorry, I love you, LeBron, but the original Space Champ is ten times better than the the new one that came out. Mike, save yourself the, the two hours. I love you. LeBron. I already saw it. It was, it was tough. It was a tough hang, man. It was a tough hang. Uh, but on the court, man, I just think uh, I trust LeBron, 
but I feel like there would never be a moment when Jordan was playing. And thank God I, I was able to see and remember really the second three-peat. I really remember watching that with my family growing up. Uh, I just never doubted him. There's never a moment at any point in the game when you just don't think he's going to come through. And he just had that, that killer instinct that some people will, will, will kind of, you know, this LeBron and say, does he have that killer instinct? I think he's proven at this point with four titles. Um, but, you know, I, I, it's just tough. I, I'd love to see it. Uh, it's the ongoing debate that will never, never die. Uh, I think it'll, maybe there'll be another great person who will come up and, and challenge LeBron and Michael. Um, but I'm going MJ. How about you? Well, I'm going to have to say next question because this isn't, this isn't that kind of debate, <laughs> but you already can infer where I'm leaning just by my response. But honestly, man, I'm just going to say I'm a lover of the game. I, I, I truly enjoy basketball. Obviously, I played, so I'm extremely biased. But to me, it, it, God himself came down and gave us the game. You know, I, I, I love it. It's by far the best sport. And I think, you know, we're in a time now where there's just an exceptional talent at all levels. We got oh God, yeah. these, these new guys coming up like Luca, John Morant, Zach Levine, um, you know, the, they're going to be. Zion. Yeah. And speaking on the NBA, this is the 75th anniversary. So I can't wait to see the, the 75th anniversary team. Um, so. You're right. I forgot about that. Bill Simmons, I know, is listening. He uh, he always does the the ultimate player rankings, and he's always shuffling them. I feel like every week. So this is right up his uh his alley with the 75th anniversary. Where where's LeBron going to land on that in that list? Mm. I'm a, I'm gonna estimate he he has to be top 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 15 in my opinion in that list. I think he's going to be top five. Yeah, top five. You don't think, you know? He's, he's it's up t- there. It's tough, though, but because then when you start actually naming the names, it's, it's, it gets hard. There have been so many greats. I, I, my top ten, I have, I have MJ, LeBron, Kareem, Bill Russell, Magic. I know I'm going to forget somebody and I'm going to get killed for it, but uh, <laughs> Larry Legend, Kobe. Jack, Duncan, and Wilt. Mm. I think that's my top ten. Mm. I like that. Real high. And I know. I think. I think Hakeem would probably be, you know, right on the outside, of knocking on the door. That's one of my favorite big men. See, we we can go at this all day. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I went. I went. I took you down a rabbit hole. I apologize. No, you are right. That's that's great. At least I know you have good taste. You know the game. A lot of people, you know, they would have just named everyone from maybe the early 2000s to now. You got an eye for the game. That, that's that's beautiful, man. But it, it is the greatest game, like you said, man. Yep. So what are your interests outside of, you know, practicing law or maybe watching sports? No, good question. And that's an ultimate work-life balance, man. It's a constant struggle. Um, I feel like now even – you know, in my leisure time, when I try to kind of shut down for the day, you can't just because it's hard to because, you know, everything in your face with social media and especially how it's, you know, at least for Twitter for me is, is like a, a news source. So 
know, I feel like when I'm on there, I always feel guilty when I'm shutting down, you know, kind of stopping work for the day or for the night. Cause I'm like, I, I see other people are grinding, people are working. So it's, it's motivating in that sense, but I try my best to disconnect from social media as much as I can, as much as any average, you know, millennial can. Uh, but I have a baby coming, so I know I'm going to be plenty busy. That's what I'm, that's what's going to keep me busy uh, very soon. So, um, you know, I, I know I'll, my wife and I will have our hands full with that. But, you know, we try to stay active and, you know, work out. And, and it's a great distressor for us both with our jobs. And, you know, we, we like to watch movies. And um, I, I'm a big movie theater guy, so I, I, I can't wait till things get, get more back to normal so we can, you know, have the movie theaters back the way they used to be, especially with the big, you know, MCU type movies. But, uh, you know, love to watch movies. Uh, I try to read when I can, but being a lawyer, man, I know you can agree with me. I, I just, it kills your, your, your ability to want to read for pleasure. Just when you're reading all day, uh, I don't read as much as I used to. I'll say that, but, uh, you know, running, working out, playing with the dog soon, having my hands full with the baby. So, uh, not too much free time, but, you know, I try to try to keep that balance in check between work and life. Important, man. Oh, man, that's exceptional, Jay, man. I wish you all the best and congrats on the little one coming, you know. I appreciate you. I appreciate it. Well, but... Uh, it's all good. It's all good. Hey, no, but Michael, honestly, the, the pleasure is all mine. Uh, you and I connected through the American Bar Association and we've maintained our, our relationship since then. You're the man. I, I'm tired of you giving me all, all these accolades. You really, you, you're a hard worker you have shown an ability to, I can be, you know, I was, I can be a student athlete and be a great, you know, college athlete, but show I can transition very smoothly into being a, a lawyer and, and being an agent. So it's been a pleasure getting to know you and, and growing our relationship together and on and off, you know, the court, so to speak, and in and out of court. Uh, so you keep doing what you're doing and, and I love the podcast. So keep it moving. Thank you, Jay. Good night, everyone.